I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Beautiful day today. Great to be with you. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News, and as always, we got a lot of ground to cover on the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we actually try to slow things down for you, help you divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense today. Uh, there's so much going on uh, here in the state of Utah, across the country, so many things that we uh, need to get to and get into. Of course, we had a uh, gubernatorial debate last night, and uh, we're kind of breaking down the fallout of that. Uh, who did well? What were the messages? Uh, what will Utah voters ultimately decide over the next two weeks as they look at uh, the governor's race? Uh, we'll also look at the uh, other important races going on. We've got congressional races going on. The 4th District race is definitely heating up. Uh, we'll be joined by Trent Christensen a little later on in the hour uh, to talk about his candidacy, what's going on there. And uh, if, if you haven't noticed, uh, KSL is helping you rock the vote from home. And uh, we're going to do that uh, from now until Election Day on the 30th to make sure you're informed, make sure you have all of the uh, right information so you can make a good decision and make your voice matter. Uh, it's you who gets to decide who leads uh, because they represent you. And so making sure you're informed and ready and uh, engaged in that process is so important. And we're going to continue to talk about that uh, as we go through the day. And so I want you to be part of the conversation. You can always do that on the Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line, 57500, Weigh in on anything that's on your mind today, anything that's going to elevate our conversation and help us uh, try to have a, a meaningful dialogue about the issues that, that actually matter for all of us here in the state of Utah and around the country uh, so uh, the first thing I want to jump into today, uh, obviously this is a, a, a most unique uh, period in our nation's history and uh, some interesting things going on in Washington, D.C. Uh, we're currently just watching a White House briefing coming up shortly. Uh, they will obviously respond to many of the things that are going on in D.C. as it relates to law enforcement and police reform. Uh, it's fascinating to me, and uh, we'll, we'll drill into this as we go through the day, it's fascinating to me that you had the Democrats in the House go behind closed doors, come up with a bill, and then present it and expect everyone to jump on and, and vote for it. Leader McConnell said that bill was dead on arrival when it would get to the Senate. Today, Senate Republicans came out in strong force. They had been behind closed doors. They had put together their package uh, of issues and presented it. Uh, so the fascinating thing to me, and we'll uh, get to uh, Senator Tim Scott, who is uh, just an extraordinary human being, love Senator Scott. Uh, my interaction with him was always, uh, he's so respectful and so humble. Uh, so he is a, a great representative there. But the thing that was sad to me in all of this is that there's an agreement on probably 80% of this issue. 
in terms of what kinds of reforms need to happen at the federal level. So why, why, oh, why, oh, why do the Democrats have to go behind closed doors and do their version with no Republicans in the room? And why do the Republicans have to, in turn, go behind closed doors, no Democrats in the room, and come up with something that is basically the same proposal and now they're just going to argue and politicize this thing, raise some money off it for sure. And because it's election year, probably nothing gets done. Uh, that is a tragedy. We're going to dr- drill into that as we go along. And there, there are so many opportunities for us to come together because everyone agrees. Everyone agrees on what needs to be done. So why are we letting Washington get in the way of getting it done? Now, there was a bright spot yesterday, uh, something that uh, happens every year. Uh, and that is the the reading of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from the Birmingham jail on the Senate floor. Uh, a wonderful thing that, that happens each year. It's a bipartisan effort. And I want to turn to that for just a moment because it, it sets up how we can come together and why we should and must come together. So I want to start first. Uh, I mentioned uh, Senator Scott from South Carolina Uh he, he's just such an extraordinary soul. Uh, to listen to him speak is uh, to be moved on so many levels. doesn't matter what the topic is. I could listen to Tim Scott read the phone book. It would be great. Uh, but he started off on the Senate floor. Uh, there are only three African-Americans in the United States Senate. Uh, he is one. He's the, the lone Republican. There are two Democrats. Uh, and he introduced the letter with some really important observation. Take a listen. We are at a critical time in our nation's history. I think we can all sense the opportunity that is before us. Through the challenges of COVID and the death of George Floyd and its aftermath, we can affect real, lasting change. Perhaps the most famous line from Dr. King's letter from Birmingham jail is, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. More than at any time I can remember, people of all ages, and races are standing up together for the idea that that Lady Justice must be blind. And although COVID has delayed this now annual reading of Dr. King's letter, it has truly never been more important than it is right now. All right, that's uh, Senator Tim Scott uh, doing the introduction before uh, members of both political parties uh, stepped to the microphone and read portions of uh, Dr. King's letter uh, from the Birmingham jail. And uh, I want to play just a, a segment. Utah's uh, Mitt Romney uh, joined in this effort on the floor of uh, the uh, the Senate yesterday. And uh, in the portion that Senator Romney read, uh, focused on the need for, for white Christians to assist in the cause of racial equality. I had hoped that the white moderate would see this need. Perhaps I was too optimistic. Perhaps I expected too much. I suppose I should have realized that with few members of the oppressor race can understand the deep groans and passionate yearnings of the oppressed race, and still fewer have the vision to see that injustice must be rooted out by strong, persistent, and determined action. I am thankful, however, that some of our white brothers in the South have grasped the meaning of this social revolution and committed themselves to it. They are still all too in in quantity, but they're big in quality. All right, that's uh, Senator Mitt Romney uh, reading portion of that uh, letter from Dr. Martin Luther King. And again, it just shows it shows that we can come together on these things. 
uh, as I mentioned before, we, we now have competing bills, one from the Democratic House, one from the Republican Senate as it relates to uh, criminal uh, excuse me, law enforcement reform. And uh, responding to many of the uh, the issues that have come up over the last few weeks as it relates to that, uh, I want to go to uh, – let's sneak this in real fast. Let's actually just jump to Senator Sass. Um, Senator Tim Scott uh, laid out the the focus of this, that it's the, the right information, the right resources, uh, make sure they're doing the right thing in terms of data collection, training, uh, banning uh, you know chokeholds and so on. Uh, but this is an important part. Uh, Senator Ben Sass uh, from Nebraska, uh, good man, fantastic thinker. Uh, he framed what I think is the real essence of will we get anything done as it relates to law enforcement reform? And he said this. It is a false binary to try to set this up as a debate between people of color and and law enforcement. We need to restore and build more public trust. And that starts by trying to narrow the differences and figure out what can we get done uh, to move forward together. We need to use the opportunity of all that we've seen that's wrong to improve upon it by going from reactive to proactive. All right. That's Senator uh, Ben Sass weighing in uh, on that uh new bill. Now, here's the interesting thing. Uh, Senator Mitch McConnell, leader of the Republicans in the Senate, he controls the calendar. Uh, He committed at the press conference that he would bring this bill to the floor of the Senate next week when they are in session. Uh, Very important because that will be really the first time that we will have the opportunity to have these proposals debated in front of the American people. And I know that Senator Booker and Senator Harris from the Democratic side are going to introduce their own version. But the amazing thing to me is that all three of these versions, probably 75 to 80 percent of them are exactly the same. We all agree. So let's get the part we agree on. Let's get it passed and let's get that on the president's desk and move forward. We can deal with the other stuff later. Uh, We do not need to let some of the very small, minor, insignificant things stop major progress as it comes uh, to law enforcement, uh, how we weed out uh, those that are abusive, how we weed out any uh, racial injustice or prejudice, and uh, make sure that we take this moment and move everything forward. We've got to get past the political games on both sides of the aisle. I'm calling out both sides. Live up to the principles you profess to believe and make this happen. Get it on the president's desk, and let's take one tiny step forward, but let's take it because we need to move forward. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll pick up the political conversation. Trent Christensen, candidate in the 4th District, will join us here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.